0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I'd love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in and I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at Victorjm.com. That's Victor at Victorjm.com. This question comes from Collins. I'm purchasing eight acres of wetlands. Many people don't know the difference between flood zones and wetlands which limits the amount of people with whom one can actually discuss options. Some of the specifics of the deal. The entire site is designated as wetlands, although I have an approved permit from the Army Corps of Engineers for a fill pad and a building. This is not a city-approved building permit. In addition to the Corps permit, I would have to apply and receive a wetland development permit from the city, regardless of what the Army Corps of Engineers has allowed. City requires a 2 to 1 mitigation ratio that is 2 square feet of mitigation credit for each 1 square foot of wetland filled. The city also requires undisturbed wetlands to remain in the natural wetland state, so the yard surrounding the building would have to be natural. This means no topsoil and sod is allowed for a manicured lawn, and the only plants or landscaping allowed would have to be wetland species, plants, and trees. No invasive species or non-native wetland landscaping would be permitted. My question is, what are some of the creative ways to use or leverage wetlands, perhaps borrowing against the land as collateral? Or should I dig in for the long haul and seek mitigations in order to develop? Well, Collins, this is a great question. The question of land value is one that varies widely based on the designation of the land. In my experience, land increases in monetary value only when it's got development potential. Land that is zoned rural or agricultural or has got an environmental protection designation is worth very little. You could have the exact same land zoned for residential that could sell for, say, 800000 an acre, That exact same land, zoned agricultural or environmentally protected, might be valued at no more than 4,000 an acre. We're talking about a 20-fold increase in value. It's a big difference. Wetland mitigation is a designation worth getting on a property. You're correct, in some cases, a property with a wetland designation doesn't necessarily mean it's not suitable for development. For example, it might mean that the water table is simply buried to a shallow depth beneath the surface. If it's wet, it could affect the geotechnical stability of the soil. It might mean driving piles down 40 feet or until you hit bedrock in order to have a stable substrate to build a structure on top. The conventional cement foundation may not work in a wetland situation, so your cost of construction could be substantially higher. There are vast areas of the states of Louisiana, Texas, and Florida that are wetlands, and if the Army Corps of Engineers has become involved, my guess is you may actually have surface water, at least on a portion of the property, and that the water is somehow connected to an officially named waterway. Depending on the jurisdiction of the property, the rules governing the ownership of the water on the property can vary. Through most of the U.S., the concept of riparian water rights are rooted in British common law, and that doctrine basically says that you own the water beneath the ground, but not the water on the surface of the ground, and the range of wetland mitigations varies widely. On you know, one end of the spectrum, you simply write a check to the relevant authority, and they give you a certificate of mitigation. That form of mitigation is called compensatory mitigation. If you're going to be negatively affecting a wetland, the state may just want some money in exchange to protect other wetland. Mitigation is all of the actions to avoid, minimize, restore, and compensate for loss of ecological value due to some activity. So with that kind of monetary mitigation, you might be able to purchase habitat credits from an approved mitigation bank, or you might have to implement your own individual physical mitigation project. Generally speaking, mitigation obligations are not assessed on an acre for acre basis. The net losses to wetland ecological value resulting from a project are quantified using habitat units for the appropriate wetland value assessment model. And you're going to need to consult an engineer who specializes in conservation in order to figure that out. You can trade these habitat units using a monetary mitigation action to equal the habitat units lost. So it might be as simple as writing a check. At the other end of the spectrum, you could spend a ton of money and resources and get absolutely nowhere. Creating a mitigation bank is a complicated, high-risk, high-return venture. It requires a lot of highly specialized expertise. And at the very least, you're going to need to enlist the help of several highly qualified, experienced consultants to navigate that multi-step process. Creating a mitigation bank is not a quick flip proposition. It could take three to five years to get the initial documentation and permits and then maybe even 10 years to complete the development. Now, since you have the paperwork from the Army Corps of Engineers, my guess is that you're more than 50% of the way there. If you're considering the possibility of creating a mitigation bank, the first question that you should ask yourself is, do I have the fortitude and financial resources to underwrite the cost of that project, or would I just be better off entering into a joint venture with a partner who could provide the funding and share the risk? Another option would be to develop a portion of the property and then donate the remainder of the property to conservation using a conservation easement. The tax benefits of conservation easement could be substantial since the value of the land for tax purposes might be assessed at its highest and best use, rather than just what you paid for it at a cost. So let's look at an example. Let's imagine you entitled the entire parcel, but it might not be practical to develop all eight acres. If the land has real conservation value, you might develop, say, four acres and then donate the remaining four acres to conservation. But the value attached to those four acres you donate, it might be the same as the value of the four acres that you developed, which, like we said before, that could be a 20-fold increase in value. So the tax benefit of that could be enormous. Now, this, of course, is a huge question with a lot of nuances and lots of possibilities and a lot of pitfalls. My recommendation is that before you go firm on your offer to purchase, consult a competent wetland consultant and a conservation easement consultant. Get a real sense of what you're going to be facing in terms of both time and money in the road ahead. My advice to you is if you're going to get involved in mitigating wetlands, make a decision to go through and see it for the long haul right through to the very end, or don't get involved at all. Doing it halfway is not going to get you where you want to be. I want to thank you, Collins, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, as you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.